Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Welcome to Awakening in Difficult Times. Today we're going to look at the Bhagavad Gita as an instruction and as an inspiration about how to act and how to be in difficult times. This is Monica Taylor Penaconda sitting with Cindy Lindsay Real, PhD, and Nityananda, Dr. Clint Thompson. We're hearing some background noise and we have to ask your forgiveness in the beginning. We're sitting in beautiful winter yurt in the midst of uh, several days of snow and a lot of water falling on the roof. It's something that we have to accept and uh, we again ask your forgiveness for that. But it's the right atmosphere to be looking at the subject because a deep peace has uh, descended with three days of snow, and it really gives a beautiful chance for deep reflection, which this topic that we're talking about really requires that. And we can't underestimate everyone in the world is really looking at what to do, how to handle these times, how to act, how to be, and uh, this discussion we really feel will will enlighten that. In fact, I had not reread the Bhagavad Gita in a long time. It had been a number of years. And going back to it just to all refresh my memory, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's like an instruction manual in what to do. It is absolutely telling us the play of what is happening to us, why we've gotten to this point, how we need to enter into this in order to win it, quote unquote, how we need to be able to deal with our own inner selves, but also be able to be present to a possibility of changing the world with our acts. I, I was completely astounded that this thing that was written so long ago could be exactly talking about us here, right now, and what can we do. And the advice that it gives is is really, it's timeless. It's eternal, and it's immortal knowledge, and really will help us to act with wisdom and act with how to use this time. We spoke about that last time, how that this is a time of, of awakening, and how to use that time how to uh, really, what is the stance, the inner stance we need to awaken and also to take the actions that we need in the world as clear with what what's happening in the world that we need to, each person needs to act and find their way to acting to right action. What is the right action to contribute to this, to this time? Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the story, just to give a context of the story. Mm -hmm. The story of uh, of the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, what is going on? Because it's a great story. Yeah, it is. But first of all, just for the just for the uh, scholars uh, amongst us, the Bhagavad Gita refers to a very fundamental text 
that is followed by scriptural, we could say religious, we want to say spiritual, though, because mm -hmm. it's based on a reality experience, uh, and it's about personal um, enlightenment, really. But it's, it's how old? I mean, this is really dating from... 300 B.C. to 300 A.D. is what I read this morning. <laughs> 300 B.C. Yeah, so it was written somewhere in that period. Okay, that's when yeah. it was first put in writing. Of course, the oral traditions that predate that, we know are... I mean, we, we, we strongly underestimate how old that is. So this is an ancient, ancient story and teaching and, and that, that we're discussing. But in, in that time, in this epic tale, there was a long story that involved a family and a, a family of rulers of a kingdom. A dynasty. A dynasty, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were really two sets of siblings, but they were half-siblings to each other, sharing the same father, or sorry, the same mother. And Krishna is involved in this story very strongly. He's an advisor to, in, in this story, his role is as an advisor to both sides of the family, really. Um, but especially to one side, the Pandavas, the, the five brothers who um, ultimately emerged victorious in a, in a battle. The, the whole story leads up to a great battle between the two sets of, of siblings, the Pandavas and the Kauravas on the other side. And in that battle, Krishna gave a choice because he was really with both sides. He gave a choice before the battle to the leader of the Kauravas uh, and to Arjuna, the leader of, or in this moment, representing the Pandavas in this moment of the story. He said, I'll give my armies to one side and I will personally sit with and be with the other side. And, and Duryodhana, the leader of the Kauravas, chose, immediately chose the armies, which were very vast. We're talking about an epic kind of world war size war, hundreds of thousands of elephants. elephants. That means millions of people. And uh, Krishna went with the Pandavas, and which is, of course, uh, the way it, it had to be throughout the story, because Krishna was he lived with the Pandavas in their exile. He went through a lot of hardships. There's amazing um, spiritual uh, teachings throughout this massive epic story. But what we're talking about in the Bhagavad Gita is just one tiny little chapter of that story, and that is what happens right before the battle begins. Uh, Krishna is driving the chariot of Arjuna, the you could say the lead warrior of the Pandava brothers. And <clears throat> right before the battles begin, uh, Arjuna has a, breaks down really in a very human and beautifully compassion. We can be compassionate to it. He breaks down, and I think I'll pass the story to you at that point. You know, he's, mm -hmm. Krishna is about to lead him into the battle, and what is Arjuna doing? So Arjuna is looking at this vast army there of his relatives, his his nearest and dearest, and. He, he looks and basically says, I can't do this. And he crawls up in a corner of his chariot. And, <laughs> Cowering. And cow, you know, here's this great warrior, and, and he, you know, I can't do this. And, and, and uh, I cannot kill my own, my own relatives, my own friends. 
uh, and there he is like that in this state, and then and um, Krishna comes and says to him, you know, what what's happening? What's going on? Get up! And then he gives starts giving all these beautiful arguments. I can't do this because. You know, what will happen if I slaughter all of my relatives? I'll never live in peace. I will die. I'll not die in peace. My whole life will just be miserable. And I'd rather let them kill me, and I'll be fine. I can't do this. And that's how the story begins. Because then Krishna says to him, Get up! <laughs> Actually, it's very, it, you can see that because they're great friends, you know. Krishna and Arjuna are great friends. Even, even though Krishna is, all, Krishna is his guru, his teacher, his guide, and they are great friends, mm-hmm. you know. And, and Krishna basically says, Get up! You, you have to act. You're a warrior. That is your dharma. You have to protect the people. And then the dialogue begins, the teaching begins, uh, that we are going to talk about mm-hmm. today. And as, you know, we, we also mentioned before that it's in these, mo- in these life and death situations, you know, in this heightened time like that, for, that we can realize, in the battlefield, we can realize the highest truth. And... You know, if we look at the story, they've been friends for a long time, and but yet it's, you know, Krishna is about to give him the big teaching, and he didn't give it to him until this time. Right, they spent 13 years in the forest, but that is just something I think we spoke about in the in the first in the series, and that is that it's a standard as a human being, certain ex- experiences in, in self-realization and awareness happen through the friction of the world. And so we could say the heat of the fire or the, the moment of battle, in the battle. And for me, it's very important that he's having a very human reaction to that. Arjuna is having a very human reaction. He's, he's depressed. He's overcome. He's so depressed. He's not going to move. He can barely breathe. To, uh, it's interesting to That's me right. that Krishna has driven the chariot that they're in into between the two armies. So the whole scene is there for him. Oh, my gosh, the carnage that will ensue. And, and he's not really on either side in the moment. He's sort of in that in-between place, which I think is important for us in terms of being able to switch our consciousness from that place of depression, but but that he's in that depression to begin with. Who of us have not been there at one point and another? Really thought, okay, I don't know what's happening in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I thought I was working for peace, and now this is happening. Or I thought that I was praying for the right things to come, and they never came. And who hasn't had this moment where you, where you start to doubt everything? you've been trying to do and every action and every reaction you've been trying to engage in the illusion because somehow it's quote not working it's not turned out where you thought it would be mm-hmm. and so i think that's really where we're at a lot of people in this moment in their lives are in that place where they don't know what's going to happen next it, they're right. fearful that it's going to be terrible that. there's a lot of opportunity for that experience right. and it's a little deer in the headlights thing but also there's mm-hmm. a lot of 
there's a lot of potential there to be, uh, and you know, believing in some negative illusion or right. fear or anxiety or feeding that in yourself. And that is again, we talked before about how to handle ourselves. That's where that's what this series is all about. And this is really the moment that God, in the form of Krishna, turns to him and says, "Get up!" Right? You know, <laughs> really, I love yeah. that. And then explains, and that's what we right. want to do. Is and then, how do you get up? Or, right. or what? What are you talking about? How does it make sense to get up? And then, and right. then the, what ensued was this teaching called the Bhagavad Gita, which is a true classic in humanity's spiritual literature for sure, and it's really very pertinent to today. Because we can, there is Arjuna, and overcome with grief and confusion, right? Absolutely. What, I, what I'm asked to do something and I can't do it, and and ignorance. He's 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 stuck in these emotions. He's stuck in this grief. His consciousness is stuck there. Yes. And and this we can see in the world, right? We're stuck in fear, anxiety. You know, or anger now. You know, and all of these varying emotions, right? That that we get stuck in for seemingly good reasons. Here's yeah, resignation, hopelessness. I mean, it's good to list these because everybody will hear their calling card there. You know, I mean, this is part of the human condition. And but this is a time that we, as Arjuna, we're not in a battlefield and we're not external here. It's all an internal experience. Of, Overcoming that. Right. Exactly. It's in, over, uh, inside, because the battle, you know, this this story works on multiple levels, mm-hmm. and uh, that it is also the battlefield happening inside of each of us. Mm-hmm. The good thoughts and the bad thoughts. The battlefield is happening all the time, and there, and it's a constant battle. Yeah. It's a daily battle of these, all these different things: attachments and detachment, anger and peace, love. And hatred, all of the various dualities is going on inside of us. And we, we're, whenever we are in one of those emotions, you know, then we are we are in the state of, of Arjuna. We're stuck there, and we don't know how to act because, and and if we act from that place, we can be assured that our actions will only perpetuate the very drama that we're trying to get out of. Well, we don't know that. That's the ignorance, right? Right. And and our thought process perpetuates that as well. We start blaming ourselves, and we start blaming other people, or we start wondering why. Why has God done this to me? Or what, whatever those those depressed, resigned, angry thought processes are, we actually start recreating our world from those belief systems and from those thoughts. Right. Even if it's in response to something which does warrant a reaction of, hey, not that. This right. is not right. You know, whatever that is. There's, that's the tricky part here is that there's this external, which actually does need to be witnessed and acknowledged and then responded to in, in the proper way. But if we're, but how do we have to come from that place of a different place inside? Not those, not those thoughts and things. So, how can we understand that? I mean, what did Krishna say to Arjuna when Arjuna kind of got it, looked at? Okay, but also, you know, Krishna demonstrated something in that yes, whole really. dialogue, which was very, very supernatural, and that was a kind of a darshan, a kind of an experience in consciousness of the entire creation being present in through one being. That was through Krishna. He showed himself as an avatar. To Arjuna, and that definitely is going to open the door. It's like, okay, what are you going to say? But that's also a big teaching here is that what we're talking about today is 
literally on the journey of that kind of opening and consciousness to. I mean, that's one of the, you couldn't say, I don't want to say purposes, but it is one of the things operating right now in this time. We talked about it before with the Vedic predictions about this Kali Yuga. In this very heated friction is, is the right time to have full self-realization. And we also talked last time about being in an in-between time between yugas. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what this, when the story is taking place then as well, as they're at, towards the end of a yuga. Right. So it, 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 it is really mirroring our time. Well, that's exactly right. That was, that was within just a short time until the Kali Yuga yeah. energetically began. Right. Exactly. With, with the death of Krishna. Mm -hmm. in, the, in our way of looking at so really, it is, we are absolutely mirroring what is happening here, not only at the inner battle level, not only at the level of the story and how the illusion plays, and there's a lot. There's people on one side and people on another side, and there's a big battle ensuing between these people, but also in the larger play, the operating of the illusion that is the shift of yugas, and how does one even enter into the possibility of a different illusion? playing but and how does one craft potentially a higher illusion that plays like the change from a Kali Yuga to a Sai Yuga for example for for us you know we're, we're talking about you know this action uh, here's here's uh, Arjuna and the Pandavas and the Kauravas on the other side we have to remember that the Kauravas were actually even though they're part of his family they were actually the egoists, you know, they were the dominators they wanted to control. They were really ruled, they were the, it's, this is really a battle between good and evil. Yeah, exactly. It is That's about, right. you know, inside <clears throat> ourselves, but also outside, because yeah. it, there really is that going on. There really is a negative side happening, you know, and and how to act and what to do. And, and this is important because you know, we're facing many different things in this world, and we also know that this is a time in the yuga before it transitions when the good have the the bad have the upper hand. They say, in the, you know, that tilts it back. You know, you know? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. clearly, you know, the bad have the upper hand, and it's very difficult for the good, and the good takes a long time to win, and the bad, you know. This is this is the these are the energy dynamics of this particular time. So exactly. we, so we, you know we are in an internal battle, but we're all, we also in this world we're in a battle. We are in a battle of good and evil, really, of light and dark. And um, we have to take each of us has to take our own stand and and, and play our hearts. and play our parts yes. in this, you know and. That's that's also a, a very important part for us to realize in this too that you know uh, not just um, it, it, it's an awakening in ourselves and it's how to take action in the world and then we're going to go more into what is what kind of action can we take right. that will actually you know uh, be from the place that we want it to be from because those two things are completely connected that internal posture and and uh, and growing self-awareness mm -hmm. is exactly linked to uh, our external posture to our own actions to our own lives our own responses and that's where I'm, what did 
What did uh, Krishna say to Arjuna about that, about the fact that we do act? Well, first, what first Arjuna says, uh, what Krishna says to Arjuna, because he's he's mortified at the thought of killing his friends and relatives, whatever they've done. It's like I can forgive them. I have compassion for them, you know, and I. I don't want to do this, you know. So, first of all, then Krishna says, you know, he has one level of, of um, you know, hey, do you think they will kill you? And do you think that they will see this as an act of compassion? No. <laughs> you know, he, he's giving him a certain reality on, on, different, on different levels. But um, for, he tells him, first of all, about the nature of the soul. And that the soul, everyone's soul, each soul is an avatar, is an incarnation of the divine. It's equal. Uh, but the misfortune is everyone doesn't know that. And this is also when he shows his own form, his own soul. Krishna knows all his lives. He and he shows his, his, shows his, his Vishwa, Vishwa Swarupa, his, his uh, universal uh, infinite everything. He shows his infinite soul yeah. form, you know, and and then he tells them every soul is the same. Every soul is is that, and and then talks about you know you're crying about the soul dying. Well, do you cry when it's born? Because when a soul is born, automatically it will die. But what happens to the soul when it's, the body was born? Body. So body. every birth creates a death, and that's a fundamental in this place we call our world. It's a fundamental. But what's really dying? Yes. You know, and that's, is it really dying? What is really dying? Nothing is really dying. This play is infinite. What happens to the soul when it leaves the body? Then it's in its true home. Mm. And we're not we're not thinking about that. We're only thinking about one thing, which is a very limited perspective. And we're not seeing the first of all, he's telling see the reality. This is all a divine play of God. So that's really point one for us in the in the Krishna lessons. <laughs> um, point one is stop viewing this in terms of the illusion and of the play of this person and that person and start understanding that you're in a much larger play of God, which is your own soul development. Mm -hmm. And that you that what you do here makes a difference in that eternal soul. Yes. And, and that you have to act here as part of making a difference in that eternal soul. And start understanding your actions, reactions from that viewpoint. Mm -hmm not from the viewpoint of your daily life. Mm -hmm. Somehow take a step back from that attachment, that absolute attachment to whatever is happening as the reality, as the highest, the most real, the high, whatever it is, most impactful. Yes, we're engaged, but there's something else running that by and large we don't remember until we really seek that kind of consciousness, and those are through the enlightenment stages. But really, this even just listening to this as a possibility mm -hmm. does start the process because mm -hmm. everyone, like you said, Krishna reminded Arjuna, everyone is an or, or instructed him. Every soul is an avatar. Every soul, crystal pure, equal piece of God. Whatever you believe or understand God to be, it will be included in that, and has exactly the same potential. So that means this knowledge and and um, 
teaching will do the same thing with us. First we listen, then we practice, then we share our practice with others and watch how it grows. And how is this trying to show me the highest truth of myself? You know, if I get engaged in, an, in a, a tit-for-tat battle of anger and a fear and a blaming and so on, well, I mean, it's trying to show me that's my block, basically. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I can choose and say, well, okay, there is something else I can see here. There is some way in which I can improve myself. That's the whole reason this has come. There's nothing that's going to come in my life that isn't part of my soul advancement. I have to stop in this moment and say, okay, I could play it the way I've played it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years so far. <laughs> or I can ask myself, what's my chance for soul advancement? One chance is washing that block. Another chance is choosing a different stance of compassion or of love or of caring or of forgiveness, which will clearly advance the soul. So it really is about asking our question of, you know, what is the soul soul play that has come to me that I can win? And that gets to what is right action. What is the right action response, whatever it is, in any moment? Mm -hmm. And this is actually a big part of what Krishna was introducing to Arjuna. First of all, it was that this is not as real as you think it is. <laughs> right. You That's know, right. Nor, nor other... are you, you know, nor, <laughs> exactly. nor is, you know, this body is temporary, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and but there is something eternal and immortal and that's really what you need to be seeing or focusing right. on. That's like the first kind of, hey, you're only seeing it from this very surface level of things, you know, the attachments of your families and, and the, you know, all of these you're not seeing the larger picture, and that's the first thing he seems to say is, hey, start to see a, bit, a bigger picture, Good. you know, because that's really where he's guiding him. He's guiding Arjuna to wake up to his own divinity, to what's really inside of him, you know. But the- Which was the purpose of that whole epic, actually, was the enlightenment of of many of the souls in that, you know, that was, but then what, how did he go next? I mean, because this is really such an amazing, it's so, so pertinent. So first, okay, we detach a little bit. Okay, it's not the end of the world. As they say in medicine, you know, when you go to a code where somebody is critically ill or has recently died, trying to bring them back, take your own pulse. (laughs) Right. That reminds you that it's okay. And that gives you a different posture to help that person without panic, fear, or whatever. But let's keep going through this. Well, then Krishna gives, um, like, the step to get there. You know, first get the viewpoint. There's a larger play. This is really about your soul. It's not about these actors and what they're doing. But then how do you hold on to that? And really his, his first solution to that is put your mind on God. Put your love on God, put your mind on God, put your attachment to God, mm. even just thinking on God in that moment can really shift where you're coming from in the next set of, we get into action and inaction next, but the first step that it gives for getting to that place where you can hold that is think on God. Think on God with your love, attach to God, detach from what's happening here, and attach into with your love on God. And that's this is this is really the whole if you look at everything he's trying to do with Arjuna, it really is 
basically detaching him from his thoughts, from the world, from everything, to point the direction, his awareness, to God, to, or, you know, to his own self, to the universal self, the supreme self that's in him. That is what we do, right? We reach that highest concept of divinity, whatever that is to anyone, and that is the closest that we can reach in that moment to our true selves. And then eventually that leads us to that. So whether we're thinking of God in a form, it will lead us to our own internal state. You know, again, we are an avatar. You know, that's what that's what um, Krishna is saying. Okay. So he's saying, think about God, right? Put your attention away from and that. In our, let's, I mean, meditating, um, doing service in, in the name of whatever your spiritual tradition. You know, I mean, how many practices are there that, in effect, are when we take care of our temples here, RT, Abhishek, fire pujas, our daily prayers, remembering our Guru Parampara mm-hmm. prominently? Isn't that what Shirdi Baba said? Just think on me. And because in this age, it's easier for many to recognize a div- divinity in that form than to just go straight to the, the all. Well, what, what Shri Baba said was, think on me until you recognize that it is, that I am in you, that that consciousness is in you. <laughs> and that's the point. And that's the point. So, so this is invoking the Bhagavad Gita's teaching. It really is. Krishna it? says exactly the same thing. Think on me. <laughs> <laughs> and you will find the self. You will find the self-realization. Uh-huh. Right, right. So whatever, you know, how, how we're getting there, so it depends on the stage that you're at. But the point is, you know, okay, start to see the start to focus your attention on that. You know, that's where your that's where everything needs to to be focused now. Your awareness needs to be focused on that. Mm-hmm. And then he gives then he starts in on, you know, um how we take action, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is a process of this is self realization process. It's somewhat might get it in an instant, but that means they did a process way before. Right, and another time, time, you know. In their soul cycle. Right. So the point is, it's a process to realize that, and and you know, the first technique he he gives is to not feel, to not ever get the feeling that I am the doer of any action. Right. In fact, God is the doer, or the divine is the doer. Right, because we've already done those other two steps first, so then mm-hmm. the next step is actually then it's not me. into the field of action. How do we carry those first two steps into the mm-hmm. field of action? Mm-hmm. This is God's play. This is God doing it through me. Right. But then how do we rectify that? Now we have to get a little... Right. And obviously that goes in stages too, you know, because first it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a kind of, practice okay you say you say it but it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning necessarily to you like okay god is doing this but it does shift your awareness to the god that is doing it in you mm-hmm. you know by turning your attention even even by saying that you know it's already making you turn your attention back so that you start to be in touch with that consciousness that actually is doing everything not the limited self because it's really the limited self that we're that's the big problem that we're identifying with that exactly it's the limited self that's suffering when we're nervous when we're fearful when we're in whatever those places then we can be sure that we are at least 
one part strongly in that limited self and identifying with it as true. That also helps. Whenever we feel those just generically, just remember, wow, there's some illusion is here that I'm believing in more. I'm forgetting God. I'm forgetting the divinity. I'm forgetting that that beingness. You know, that's it's really all about bringing our attention back to our own beingness, whatever we want to call it, whether it's, you know... That's right, I'm forgetting my true nature is actually true in that moment. Whatever it is generically, we're forgetting our true nature. Mm -hmm. And all of these things, all this wonderful play in this world and all the, all of the, uh, you know, all of the duality, we're we're engaged in that. That's where we, we like it and we get caught in that until we finally recognize we don't want that anymore. We want to wake up. And that's actually Arjuna's position there. It's like, right. I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. You know? And we, we need to drive our little chariot in between the two warring sides right. to even start attaining, understanding, being taught about that level of consciousness. Yeah. Okay. As exactly. long as we're attaching to one side or the other, even if we think one side's the good and the other side's the evil, as long as we have that attachment, we're still attached. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly this is one way that this idea, I'm not the doer, mm-hmm. has, has actually gone wrong in the world is that people who have a yes. huge ego and a huge attachment say, I'm anointed of God to right. do X, Y, or Z, right. and, and, you know, whatever, create terror. Or justify you know, things which are creating huge suffering for others. Yes. Say, well, I'm not the doer. And that we're not at all talking about here. We, we do need to make that discrimination. Mm-hmm. But, I, but before we do, that point about being between the sides, mm-hmm. that neutral observer, I mean, we talked about this in another... Um, teaching recently about uh, consciousness versus nature, you know, and that is so important. As long as we do, we have to recognize everything is God. That's that first step. Everything is God. And then from that place. But how do we talk about right action? You know, like God is the doer, but, um, and that means, okay, God is the doer, all things being done. As the soul that is evolving here, that's coming and learning about its true self, nature as God, then it's discriminating right action, divine purpose versus just suffering, creating more ignorance and confusion. Mm-hmm. This is actually, a, I think, the key point. Right. And we all know that when, when, even just in a simple way, when we come from a place of, of peace, of you know, not being reactive to whatever is going on, that, that, that automatically our actions would be different than when we're reacting to all of the dualities that are happening, you know. And, and that's really, the, that's kind of the fundamental thing. Hey, we want to have action that comes from that place, from that place, the deep place within ourselves, from the peace, from that true wisdom, from, you know, reality consciousness. So our actions will automatically be different actions if we're coming from that just saying okay i'm not the doer and going out and you know one person can go out and kill everyone and say i'm not the doer and not be coming from that place and it's just another ego person right this is more darkness and and ignorance the souls just are you can't say suffer but the souls are not free there there's not a learning there and there's a lot of people in the world that are thinking god is making them to do these heinous crimes you know and that's not that's a, that's not from that state of consciousness that we're talking about, you know. This has to be a total drop of ego. This has to be a drop of the attachments to these things. 
It has to be a drop of the attachment to the action itself. It has to be dropping the attachment to what outcomes or reactions come to that from that action. It is it is not from that place of ego. It is not from that place of wanting a particular outcome to occur. So you're going to do this and make it happen that way, which which is how it goes wrong in the world. And then people use the excuse that I'm not the doer. Right. So we, we really have to attain a state of consciousness within us, which is the basis of action. And it is... So talk about that. That that's, mm-hmm. seems complicated, but this is so, so important. This, is, this makes all the difference in the world for us to reach what Krishna's teaching was leading to, and we're going to get to that as we conclude later. But, well, and it gives, you know, it gives the advice, don't have the fruit, don't... Um, be attached to the fruit of the action. In other words, you know, if I do something, I do some good. I do some good for you. I give you a healing, and I have an expectation that it is going to result in a particular thing. You know, I have to be whatever God is going to give. I'm going to do my part, and then whatever God is going to give, that's how. To, that's the stance to have. Okay, whatever the action is, it's not in my hands. I do my part, and the rest is up to. God up to the divine, right? Right. That's that's the that's the that's the first advice that he gives. You know, don't don't have the attachment to the outcome, which is always an ego based thing, as we're talking right. about, right? I mean, I, I'm even thinking you said as a healing. I'm thinking as a healer. And one part you kind of want them to heal, don't you? Yeah. You know, that's a good like, absolutely. To take a positive one. I mean, we yeah. Yeah, we focus so easily on the negative, and we have to. We're filled with a lot of those. Um, interactions and, in, and temptations in, in the world today, but let's focus on the positive. That's a good example. What is wrong with a healer attaching, wanting <laughs> their patient, their client, their friend to get better, right. to attaching to that? Right. I visualize their healing. Of course I'm, you want I'm that. by definition sending energy for their healing. Right. So how is it you that know, you are in this place of the stillness you talked about, that stillness in mm-hmm. action, which has to do with detaching fundamentally from the results determining the quality and the experience of the action. Well, it's because I'm hooking into a channel that is a God energy, that is a divine energy, that is not me. Hmm. I am not the doer then. I am spending the time and the energy to stay in a state connected to something that is not me, pulling that through. Then let's say the bad outcome happens, the worst happens, then how how do you not feel guilty or responsible? disappointed then, put, sorry, how do i not feel disappointed that's, that's you know that's a hook for me how do no, i not feel disappointed i have to arms. do exactly what krishna said to do i have to look at the larger play of the soul okay that particular cancer wasn't meant to be going away but there is something happening for this soul there in this play and i know divine energy came to them to help something positive happen in that place. So I have to get on helping them find it. Mm-hmm. I have to get off of that thing that we wanted didn't happen mm-hmm. and get them off of it too, for that yeah. matter, right. and get on to what can happen. You know, what what is the point of this? Why is this drama playing in your life in this way? What is the larger soul advancement that is to that you can you can reach for? So you're revisioning from that place that we talked about, and mm-hmm. it's just easy as 
can be, right? No, <laughs> no there's a struggle. See, and that's there's what we're talking struggle. about is the reality of the struggle of this. Yeah. Entering in because that's going through the struggle of it is how we win it. Mm-hmm. We enter in that's good. We need to go through that struggle. And so it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. No. And and you, there are times when you're going to want it to have turned out the way you want it to. I definitely have those clients who, you know, they're such good souls. Mm-hmm. How come this is happening to them? I fall back into that. My God, mode. Time to push them the chair. Right there. There you go. I gotta put them so in this suffering. You know. So, so Cindy's really implementing perfectly and getting eighty percent results, but still that twenty percent can be enough to knock us off. It really can. It's really tough right now on this planet. So much to handle, and on top of that handle our own okay i'm going to get enlightened at the same time i'm living in this crazy world and so what what else did arjuna hear from krishna about action well it it was also the state of uh stita pragna okay right that's really what he's alluding to which uh sri kalashwar would call also call it sita pragnata right and it's that the in-between state right we're talking that's what it it's it actually is translated as steady wisdom when you have being in that in-between state is actually the state of enlightenment and steady wisdom you know that is where you're not getting pulled by the good things that happen or the bad things that happen or the things that don't happen that you want to happen you know all of that is you're 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 not moved from that state of being in touch with yourself. That's where he's leading us to, to be established in that state. And and also the means by getting there is the practice of being in that state. Right? Of right. of, of whatever's happening, okay, we have to we have to if it's either good or it's bad, we hold it. Uh, we hold it with that equanimity either way and that's a challenge well and and getting there requires a a purification of your blocks ultimately because our first explanation for why something happened is almost always some block we hold yeah I wasn't good enough if it's not meeting expectations for sure it's going to go through a block automatically that then that's a good point. That actually helps us to recognize whatever our first impression of something not going right is, without that real clear consciousness, it's telling you where we're, where, it's telling ourselves where we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And and in the Mahabharata, the, the quote good guys, they have their failings. Right. That's how they end up uh, out in the woods for so many years <laughs> is, and losing everything that they have is because they have their blocks and they do have to go through a purification process even to show up on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. How many years later? I can't remember how many years. 11, there. I think. 11 was, years or 14. later. Mm-hmm. But that's also a process for us. We have to be using this time as we're moving up to this battlefield. We have to be using this time looking at where's the first place I jump to instead of Stita Pregnata where it's, oh, okay, oh, that was fine. If that happened, it's fine. If that happened, where am I jumping to? And take a look at that and say, okay, that's what's standing in my way of being in that equanimity. And then be in equanimity to that. 
Yes. <laughs> because actually that is your, uh, then that's in the, in the internal battlefield. That, that is, is. Your that enemy. is the battle. Yeah. So, but this is really good. This is how it's practice. I mean, each of these things are leading to the next that, okay, revisioning. This is God's play. There's something good happening to the soul. That's an exercise of faith and, and commitment really to that belief. But then beyond that is um, through that, whatever is happening, then exercising that really strong equanimity to the good and the bad. Both. So not so happy, not not past an extreme of happiness to anything, something unbelievably great. We really want it. We expected it. It satisfies everything. Maintain a boundary of that. Not so attached to it. It's like, that's good. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, we're, that, is, that it also is a little separate from we have a step away from that attachment to this being the mm-hmm. ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, when something bad happens, we don't it's not satisfied. Okay, it's okay. Really trying to bring the gauge of our inner experience so that the needle doesn't move no matter what is happening, which is quite a tall order. But it is our goal. That is Stita Prajna. It's it's the only order, actually. There's no way you can reach the state of knowing yourself if you keep get caught up up in these dualities in the world and in your own mind. You know, that's... That's what is the constantly the goal until, you know, the real state of wisdom is, okay, whatever it is, the, the great saints, they can accept both equally because they're seeing it both as consciousness. Exactly. You know, that, that no matter what, they're seeing it all that way. And that is the ultimate reality to see that that's happening in all these things and not getting caught up again, with our own, just the fulfillment of our own desire, having to be a particular way. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't have desire and we don't have action. It's just that we, it's it's the attachment to the fruit of the action that also, if we think we're the doer, then when it doesn't go right, then how long does it take for you, you know, you're struggling with the thoughts, oh, I didn't do it right. And, oh, my gosh, something I did wrong and whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's really keeps us by not being the doer. Then we, it, it frees us up from all those additional karmas that we create. We create. We keep recreating that. Well, I, I wonder what you think about this because I, what I realize is you're quizzing me here on what I do. <laughs> One of the things I do feel responsible to ask myself still is, did I enter in from the did did I enter into that moment of giving that healing from a place where it wasn't me, and I was as open hearted as I could be? Mm-hmm. If I did, then I give myself the check mark. Okay, uh, then then somehow it worked. We don't know what worked looks like. It certainly doesn't look like what you thought it was well, going to look like. You surrender that. You give but, up yeah. the results. That's great. Yeah, that's perfect. But that's is your entering? But in there is that. something I'm holding myself to. I'm not just. Right. What's a practice? Uh, it happens. It doesn't happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. No, I I am trying to be responsible to my action mm-hmm. by doing it from a place that's not me, yeah. and doing it with as much open heartedness in me as possible. And I do think still that even if we're in this action as inaction as Stita um, stats, that there are some aspects of our actions to which we we do need to, at some level, hold ourselves responsible. Maybe you guys disagree with me, but um, and that and that is, am I entering in from this place? 
am I entering uh, yeah, in? And that is that is our, our, you know, am I coming from that place, right? Because mm-hmm. then you can trust yourself. If, you, if you're coming from that place, even in any action, if we're coming from a place of, of peace and of equanimity and non-reaction, we can say, we can trust what our actions are going to be, you know, because we are in touch with ourselves. And that's the main point, that all these things are pulling us away from who we are into the drama of the battlefield, you know, mm-hmm. and we get stuck in that and then keep recreating more and more karmas from that, making more and more belief that this is very real. Exactly, and that is where the beginning starts in entering into deeper stages. We are praying as a result, one part of this conversation, the beginning is stopping, just stopping those negative patterns. That alone frees up an amazing amount of available energy, available consciousness. Yes, it's bumpy. These are habitual patterns. They're automatic behaviors. There's blocks and things involved, but we can put those things aside because really today we're talking about knowledge which can be implemented by anyone who has the interest and really one will take the time and the attention to understand what we're pointing to and then practice it in your life. And so the first thing is just doing all this with your life as it is right now. Like if I'm looking at Facebook, what are my reactions? How is my behavior being? What am I responding to? If I'm watching the news, if I'm at my with my coworkers, if I'm with my family, <clears throat> whatever it is, because we these are not... Um, inconsequential times you know the news has things that have real import there and and, you know knowing how it's affecting our community and and the people around us has real impact so we got a lot of chance to practice right now a huge amount Mm -hmm. just start breaking those automatic negative things just know and the way to do it is witnessing and in between the two armies witnessing it that's it and then from that place you will make a difference Decision, which is a step into right action. And I, and I have to say, the first time I heard the the definition of stita pragmata, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, sorry, I'm, a, I'm admitting everything today here. At this well, no, 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 we're okay. just getting started. It's not boring because it's not boring. Like, I mean, I definitely, I didn't want to go into those deep depths of drama that I may have gone into as a younger woman, but I, I was not interested in giving up the big happy moments. Yeah. Uh, that did not sound like a happy life to me. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to really understand that um, the, that the attachment to what I thought was happiness was so transitory that it is part of what's creating the ups and downs Mm -hmm. because it's something in the illusion that can go away in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That thing you think is making you so happy that you want to still attach to, that you Mm -hmm. still want, that you don't want to give up that happy, that high happy moment for is, is a part of the illusion that a year from now will be gone. You know, this fabulous man that you met, this wonderful marriage that you have. You could be divorced in five years, you know, or the person could pass well, away. Or the good news. Well, yeah, sorry. But, 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 I mean, part of it but, I... That's wisdom, though. I mean, through life we recognize that, and that, and it does help temper our happiness, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But, I, I, but, 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 but that happiness is all 
it's it's so it's actually a reflection of true happiness because it's all outward things, yes. right? And that we all know those things are, you know, they they're temporary. They have their if they have their life and they and then it dies. You know, after getting some wisdom, you see that. But when but the state of stita pragna actually leads us to ananda, which is bliss. The right. real, the, you know, that that real, the, the immortal bliss. Yeah, right? the, the immortal happiness. I mean, true happiness. The, more, the true immortal. happiness. And actually, it already exists in each yeah. one of us, just as everything does. But in this conversation, we should remember that because without happiness, and I had the same reaction, actually, in my own um, time with Sri Kalashwar and this knowledge. I, I had exactly the same reaction. But I wouldn't have understood it that way as I was going through it. You know, a strong mm-hmm. reaction with a fear of losing a happiness that I right. had or, a huge or vitality, or vitality, you know, a t- right? attachment to. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I can, I'll testify now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that once I got the awareness that you know I'm just attaching to something, an illusion. It can come and it can go. It will bring the ups and downs. Why am I doing this? And when I get those moments uh, when I'm not the doer and I am attached to some energetic of the divine and I am, you know, trying to be as open hearted as possible with it and receive it and be it, that that it's not what I would have called happy back in those days of drama queen days of my life. It is something unique uniquely different that I don't know what the Ananda the bliss it is a state in which you are beyond whether you're happy or unhappy. right exactly it's not not being on you know it's not right. neither it, at one level it is beyond both mm-hmm. right. it is a, a state of engagement with God the God within the God mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. There's just there's just nothing like it, you know. <laughs> I gotta try it. Well, underneath like, all the doing illusions of our minds mm-hmm. and our um, identities is a, perce- a is a perpetual happiness and bliss right. called Ananda. And so, really, this is how through this teaching, the Bhagavad Gita, and then understanding and then practicing right action and that detachment from the results, then that natural God consciousness state called Ananda or Sat Chit Ananda is naturally un- revealed uh, exactly right and that uh, actually what what this is what krishna says is that when you do this that that knowledge will if you just act this way you'll get what you you'll get the knowledge <laughs> and you'll discover that in other words you'll discover oh wow there this a, a happiness that's not attached to any circumstance you know and uh I, and that's that's what we discover. And from that place, we can truly help the world. I mean, that that is really a capable, per- beautiful creator position. I love this quote. I'm going to pull it out. This is Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, One who sees inaction in action, and action in inaction, is intelligent among men, and he is in the transcendental position although engaged in all sorts of activities. That's what we're trying to be. We're trying to be in that place of stillness within when we take our actions. And we're trying to understand action as 
a place of stillness, as a place in which we are connected to something greater than ourselves. It is not simply an action. It is a state of being one with God, being one with the play that is occurring here from the soul level. And that is that transcendental position. Right. Right. That's what he's saying. You know, that's really where you need to you need to access that. And you need to like keep accessing and he's giving the pointers, okay, start you know, start believing you're not the doer because it's gonna keep pointing you to the to that that transcendental state. You know, that well, in, in a way, by doing that, you're on your way to discover who is the doer. That's right. <laughs> right, right. By turning away from that, I'm not the doer, you're on your way to discover. Right. And then you're discovering you're doing what's doing, actually, mm-hmm. what is doing through you. And we all know that as spiritual people. And we we know that. Suddenly we're talking and, and things we don't even know. Exactly. What we, like we say. Said, getting out of the way, healing energy is coming. Right. And we know very well, we being the small little perceptual identity there, that it's not us. But the only way to experience that is to truly get out of the way right. through these practices. And getting out of the way, then all of a sudden those glimpses become bigger mm. and bigger, you know. And then we, we find ourselves living in that and less... Okay, whatever's happening in the world is happening in the world. We see it. We're not blind to it. But we are not being affected by it like that. Like, you know, today a lot of people are being affected by fear and anxiety and, and hatred because they are being affected by what's going on. They're attaching to that in an unhealthy way. Yeah, and that's not the kind of action and the kind of consciousness that's going to win this victory exactly. in the world. Exactly, it's going to help. You know? Um, to respond to what these very real things that have to be responded to, but we need to come from that very deep place of, that we've been discussing today. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more that we can say other than it's possible, and this is why one part this time exists and why we're here, to realize this. And it's not a time of rolling into a little ball or even <laughs> or even sitting just simply sitting in meditation yeah, and hoping right, it all right. changes mm-hmm. we do have to get up we do have to act yes. and it is a treatise on action as a way of of intervening on the change of yugas mm-hmm. it is a treatise on how one has to act mm-hmm. in order for that to occur in the highest way possible and so it's it's not just about sitting in a cave and meditating for the rest of our lives. It is about bringing that meditative state into our actions. And then going into the battle of light and dark and bringing the light. You can't bring, you can't bring the light if you're always interacting with the dark. You know? We can't know the light. And you can't know the light. Right? So. If we, with the dark, it's, it's a beautiful play of duality. Well, it's been an amazing... Uh, discussion. Thank you. Yes. And we will have many more of these because we can see that we are in that moment. We are there. And how do we all act, you know, especially the spiritual people in the world, the the people who are devoted and have been devoted all their lives mm-hmm. to to the realization of who they are and to God and to Higher realities. Higher realities, mm-hmm. you know, it's so important now to everyone to to get to make that shift and to come from that place, whatever it is you're doing, that we we you know, you could, as you were talking about, like okay, you're on Facebook, you see something, how much of your reactions ba- have that negative energy reaction energy? 
You know, no, we can't put that in the creation. It has to come from that place of stillness and silence mm-hmm. and truth. And then then put the action out, and then it has a very different effect. And you're not gaining karmas and being entrapped. You'll wake up, which is the essential, which is the really the big game right now, is that many people wake up right away. Exactly. This oh. is it's catalyst time, and what you just said is the whole thing in a nutshell. It is the time. We appreciate everyone's attention, and we look forward to the next time. And thank you for joining us. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken. With your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste. Namaste.